0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. And I think we're all pretty pumped to be here for the final Friday show before the 2020 NFL Draft. So, uh, how are you guys doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic,
1: other than I have a new puppy, and it is keeping me up and uh, driving me nuts. But it's the most wonderful time of the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that? I'm pretty stoked. I'm stoked. We made it to the almost finish line. You know, we've got less than a week now, so I'm ready. Let's talk football.
0: Let's do it. Andrew, what is the name of your dog? It is Lambo. Lambo. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that decision that you made. It's a good (laughs) choice. (laughs) Um, We'll hope you get some more sleep as we lead up to the draft here. But it is right around the corner. Uh, Today, our focus is on the linebacker position of this draft class, off-ball backers, to be clear. And linebacker is an interesting need for the Packers because, obviously, they've moved on from Blake Martinez. And they've added former Iowa Hawkeye and Cleveland Brown Christian Kirksey But Kirksey's kind of on that two-year deal that's basically a prove-it deal with an out after the first season if the Packers wanted to move on or if injuries continued to be a concern or those kinds of things. So Green Bay is still very much in the market for a second linebacker or a linebacker of the future. And so we're taking a close look at this group today. And we're lucky to have Andrew and Maggie for this show for their insight. Andrew has watched, I think, just about every linebacker in this class and Maggie just dropped an article this week on Cheesehead Head TV that breaks down the linebacker position. So I'm excited to get you guys' thoughts on this group as a whole. Um, Andrew, let's start at the top. I will just say, right out of the gate, this is <laughs> never going to happen. But if Clemson's Isaiah Simmons is available, would you define him as a linebacker? You know, we're talking about this group, but he's you know, a different kind of player. Uh, what could he bring to this Petten defense?
1: Uh, Brian Gutekunst would have to run from Green Bay, Wisconsin to wherever the commissioner is at that time and like slap the card (laughs) with Isaiah Simmons name on on the table. He is so good, like just super crazy (laughs) athletic. Um, There's times he lines up in the slot against opposing wide receivers. Uh, His backside pursuit is actually really patient for a guy who's as athletic as he is. So he's disciplined. Uh, Tight ends get very frustrated trying to get away. Um, He's going to get pushed out by offensive linemen because he's a lighter linebacker. But um, if you know, if you can keep offensive lineman's hands off of him he is going to make play after play after play Uh, sideline to sideline linebacker doesn't even begin to like tell the story of this dude's athleticism he's like past the sideline to past the sideline type skills Uh, he's 21 years old he had a 10 ras score kyle do you think that's good? Is that good? <laughs> that is the best you can have. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty darn good. Uh, he's he's my third overall defensive player, my 10th overall player in my adjusted rating. Um, I, I don't know what kind of comp you can even make for a guy with Simmons skill set. You know, you could talk about Tremaine Edmonds of the Bills. Uh, that's a start, but you rarely see Edmonds covering a slot receiver in man uh, one-on-one intentionally by the bills. Simmons is not only an elite level player at off ball linebacker, which is rare, but he's the elitist of athletes in a league of elite athletes. Um, You can call him a safety. You can call him a, a linebacker. You can call him whatever you want, but this dude balls out.
0: Yeah, it would certainly be really, really fun to put that kind of versatile elite athlete in this Packers defense um, someone else who boasts some pretty elite athleticism and maybe is a little bit more of a realistic option uh, for the Packers is LSU's Patrick Queen. Maggie, Queen is someone that the Packers have met with multiple times throughout the process, so there's at least some level of interest in the LSU Tiger. Um, what is it about Queen that might have the Packers thinking about breaking trends a little bit and maybe going ahead and picking a linebacker early in this draft?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be nice to see the Packers finally invest a little bit in that inside linebacker position. One high pick could really go a long way in showing up the middle of the field for a long time. You talked about the fact that Kirksey has an out after this year. Burks and so are really unproven you don't know what you have in Curtis Bolton because of his ACL injury Um, so I like Queen for his abilities as a coverage linebacker specifically he's got really good speed he can go sideline to sideline I don't know if he can go past the sideline to past the (laughs) sideline um like Andrew was saying but I do think that that speed is something that's currently lacking in the middle of this Packers defense um He's also got the ability to cover tight ends and running backs in space, which, you know, if you watched the NFC Championship game was something that was uh, sorely lacking. Um, He's only 6'1", 227. He's a little bit undersized, but not terribly um, solid eight RAS. And perhaps his best feature is that he's young. He's only 20 years old. It's another Kenny Clark kind of ascending, change the defense immediately type player.
0: I'm really starting to like the idea of Patrick Queen more and more as we get closer to the draft. Um, Patrick Queen and Oklahoma's Kenneth Murray are kind of interchangeable as linebacker two in this class, depending on who you're asking. Um, But as closely together as they might be ranked, they have very different skill sets and bring different things to a defense. Um, What does Kenneth Murray bring to the table in your mind, Andrew? Andrew? Yeah, the first thing that I noted, um,
1: and this was strange to me because Murray is such a rocked up dude, like he is just like muscular, but he's a super fluid athlete for a guy that size and um, great instincts. He's He's got the see and attack mentality. He's going to go get the ball carrier. Uh, really fantastic tackler. Uh, he can get out of position at times by playing like I—I I, I wrote in my notes. His hair on fire. Like he plays too hard sometimes, and he'll he'll miss a tackle because he's over pursuing. Um, you know, like I said, really muscular dude. So his movement skills are even more impressive because of that. He has all the tools to be really effective in coverage, but you just don't see him playing coverage at Oklahoma. So, um, you know, he's 21 years old. The 9.88 RAS score is really intriguing. Uh, For me, he's my 17th overall prospect in the adjusted ratings. I like Murray a little bit better than Queen as an overall player, but And here's my caveat. If you're looking for that pure coverage linebacker, Murray isn't going to be that on the onset of his career. So if you're looking for the perfect pairing to Christian Kirksey, Patrick Queen makes a ton of sense. If you're looking for like a long-term guy who's going to take over for Kirksey in a year or two, I, I think Kenneth
0: Murray is maybe a better fit. Yeah. It would be very interesting to see who the Packers would select and value if both were on the board and decided to go that route. Um, So Simmons, Queen and Murray are kind of the consensus first round prospects at linebacker. But if there's one more guy that flirts with that first round conversation, it's definitely Wisconsin's Zach Bond. And Bond made headlines this week when it came out that he had a diluted sample at the combine for his drug test. Uh, now, that said, the NFL's drug policy has changed, so this may not have the impact that it might have just last year. Uh, the other piece of this is that Vaughn has stated that the sample was diluted due to an incredible amount of water that you drink when you weigh in at the combine to try to be as heavy as possible. So totally possible that that is what happened here. Again, this is not a positive drug test. It's a diluted sample. So all that is worth noting. But uh, let's talk about the football player. Um, Andrew, you, you've you known... Um, that this is a player uh, that, you know, we've all talked about a little bit, um, especially amongst Packers Twitter with the Wisconsin connection. Um, you've taken a pretty close look at Bond. What does he, where does he stack up on your personal board? Well,
1: I mean, first of all, we're here trying to talk about draft prospects and Kyle's talking about P. So <laughs> I, I don't know where to go. We're one week away from the draft here. Kyle is obsessing over urine, but um, you know, Zach Vaughn, I, I, people would not like if the backers picked him because, you know, there's the Wisconsin connection um, and some people don't like that. Uh, he's, you know, what I would label a position versatile player. Um, and we tend to get really uncomfortable with those players that don't have a designated role because they're sort of good at everything. Um, he, he you know, as a prospect, nice explosiveness. He takes really good angles, he uses hand wells. Um, he, you if if he's an off ball, you know the the pass rush moves are going to help him get away from blockers at the second level. I don't see him as a super bendy guy, which is weird because he's also not a long guy. So you know I don't want him as a full time edge, um, but as a blitzer from off ball, he's going to be a problem. He has um or or he he does a really good job of bringing guys down in space. You know his measurements were a bit lacking, but on tape he shows that he's a really good tackler uh definitely not a pure speed guy uh, but good quickness and you know better than you think as an athlete it, you know, I, I would say Bond is like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Not everybody likes that flavor, but if you do, it might be your favorite kind. <laughs> um, and you know, that's because he is a player that's going to fit so well in new England or Baltimore or Miami or Detroit that play those really scheme versatile systems. And I just hope that he gets drafted to a place like that because I think he has a chance to be a really great player. Um, is he, he just has to be in the right role. And I know what's going to happen if he got picked at 30 to green Bay. Um, Um, people are going to be like in constant disappointment because they're going to try to fit him into a role that I don't think he can really succeed at.
0: We moved from urine to ice cream rather quickly (laughs) there, Andrew. I appreciate you uh, moving us along there and getting us off that topic. Um, But um, there are dozens of other linebackers that we could get into today, Um, but some prospects that look like they might be Packer types, at least in their athletic testing, Uh, Say in rounds two, three, and four are Ohio State's Malik Harrison, Wyoming's Logan Wilson, and Mississippi State's Willie Gay. So, Maggie, let's start with Harrison from Ohio State. I think a lot of people thought that he could be a thumper who would have some modest athletic testing, but he posted an elite RAS score with especially impressive numbers and drills that measure explosiveness, which I think people may have expected. But he also put up a 6.83 three cone, which is 88th percentile at linebacker for uh, that three cone, which measures agility. Uh, I think a lot of people would have been surprised about that probably. So Maggie, do you see that kind of an athlete on film from Harrison or is he more of that thumper that people kind of thought he was?
2: Yeah. So I have to start this by saying that my Pax What She Said co-host Perry Goldstein loves Malik Harrison. Like he's her favorite inside linebacker prospect in this draft class. I don't know if Perry listens to the show every day. I think she does. So shout out to her for, you know, this is her guy, but He's very physical. He's a downhill kind of player. I do think that he fits more as a thumper. He definitely is stronger against the run than the pass, but he does, like you said, have the athletic ability to kind of develop into a coverage guy. Um, Initially, I would think that Mike Pettin would use him as an early down run stuffer, but you did allude to the fact that he had an elite rass uh, 9.43 great size great explosion he's a little bit on the bigger side which just kind of adds to that physicality that he brings to the game 63 246 he played kind of uh position versatile at ohio state lined up in a couple different spots for them um on their defense at linebacker so there's a lot of upside to his game uh, especially as he continues to develop um, though coverage right now would be his biggest and maybe only red flag going into the draft
0: All right, Andrew. So Logan Wilson is our next guy up here, and he's probably um, one of the most popular prospects to come out of Wyoming since the great (laughs) Josh Allen just a couple of years ago. Uh, He's a huge uh, draft Twitter guy. Um, But the question for me, Andrew, is he actually good or is he just that draft crush sensation that we see all over Twitter? Can we address something before we get to that? Maggie is new to the show, and she's
1: out here giving shout-outs to people, (laughs) promoting other podcasts. What is this? Guys. Shame. Shame. It's not Maggie's fault that she has
0: friends.
1: (laughs) I'm not allowed. I'm not
2: touching that. I'm not touching that.
1: Nobody came within six feet before the quarantine, but... um, (laughs) Logan mm-hmm. Wilson, I think, was the question. Uh, so, like, his film doesn't show that he's as good of an athlete as he actually is. So sometimes that's concerning. And I think you s- you could say similar things about Malik Harrison. Like, I think his testing was better than what we expected based on film. Um, and you know, what I really like about Wilson, he reads and reacts in a fantastic way. Um, he's going to work through plays. He's a former defensive back, and that really shows with his ball skills. Um, really sound tackler. So if you like the safety converts, like a Jeremy Chinn or a Tanner Muse, you should like Wilson. He just made the transition in college instead of the pros. So um, he's my 69th overall player in my adjusted ratings, which I think is a, probably a little richer than most people would be. Um, you know, he's 23 years old, which doesn't necessarily fit the Packers preferences, but he does have an 8.85 Ravs. And I think, you know, if if you can get him in the fourth or fifth round, um, you know, he could be a really nice alternative to taking that off-ball linebacker high um, for somebody who can kind of selectively be that sort of coverage developmental linebacker for you.
0: Yeah, Logan Wilson's stock is all over the place. Uh, you used to be able to get him in mock drafts like in the fifth, sixth round, and now he's up to like the third, so it's really hard to read. Uh, Willie Gay from Mississippi State might be the hardest draft stop uh, to keep up with. I've seen him going day three. I've also seen him in the top of the second round. Maggie, how do you feel about Willie Gay, and where would you feel comfortable pulling the trigger on him if you were the Packers?
2: Yeah, to me, I might have even been this last week or two, but Willie Gay Jr. is, like, the new name in Packer mocks, like— any person that posts their mock on Twitter, you will see this name. Um, to me personally, I think that he's somebody that I would consider like in the third. He's 22, really fantastic, RAS score 9.7. He's one of the players in this draft that has some of those off the field question marks, including multiple suspensions in college, which not sure what that does, you know, in uh, Goody's eyes, kind of how he feels if that takes him off the board completely. He'd definitely be more of a developmental guy, not necessarily an immediate starter because um, he didn't have too many starting snaps at Mississippi State, but he could push guys like Oren Berkshire playing time right out of the gate. He is somebody that would compete. Um, I think he does. he's at his best when you let him hunt and kind of get to find the football. He can drop into coverage, but he's very physical, and you can tell when you watch him play that he would much rather be hitting people. So what's <laughs> not to like? <laughs>
0: um, so, I mean, we've hit... The majority of the big names in this class, Uh, but who is the linebacker for you guys that we haven't covered that you'd be excited about seeing in green and gold that maybe you get a little bit later in the draft? So
1: I don't know what it is about my infatuation with Minnesota prospects this time around, because you, you heard all about Tyler Johnson when we got to wide receivers. But for me, it's Carter Coughlin from Minnesota. You know, he's really quick. He's super light for an edge, but he played off-ball linebacker as well in college. Um, So I like him as a pass rusher. um, As a blitzer, he's got great instincts. He's not going to hold the edge against the rush. So, like, I don't like him at edge at all. But a really scheme, versatile player. I love his athleticism athleticism and instincts. You know, he could be a really great situational player and a great special teamer. Uh, He's only 22. He's got a 9.81 Raz. So for me, he's my 91st overall player, but he is far more likely to go in mid or late day three so you could get a guy that you can just basically write down he's going to be on all your core special teams um and then maybe can be a contributor as a guy that can fly around um you know on second or third down for you so i would love carter coughlin as a good value
2: Yeah. I mean, I think if the Packers don't go linebacker really early and they're just looking for kind of more competition with guys like Burks and Summers, a name that intrigues me is Jacob Phillips out of LSU. You know, he's the other LSU inside linebacker that doesn't get nearly as much attention as Patrick Queen for obvious reasons. You know, he's not a first round graded guy. He did take over as a starter for Devin White uh, when he got drafted number five overall last season. Um, So he's played with some very talented guys. He'd be a nice day three pickup at the position, uh, 8.12 RAS, elite explosion, pretty good size. He's 6'4". He led the SEC in assisted in total tackles in 2019, only 21, lots of upside there in the later rounds. Uh, The thing that's nice about him is he's very assignment sound, so he doesn't really miss tackles. He's not necessarily going to jump off the page at you as being like a freak athlete or a great coverage guy, but he's very good at what you ask him to do in those specific roles. Um, and then I'm going to cheat because apparently I give shout outs and I give multiple prospects, but <laughs> I, ju- I just have to mention Akeem Davis gave throughout of Appalachian state. If you listen to our mock show, I took him, I think it was in the third. Um, but he would definitely be a guy that I have been interested in since the jump of the draft. So he'd compliment to Kirksey as a coverage guy, because we know that that's not necessarily what Kirksey's going to do in the Mike Patton defense.
1: Very interesting. And, you know, Phillips, it, it's almost like um, even though he's only 21 years old, he's been around too long for for people to fall in love with, whereas Patrick Queen played like a handful of games and suddenly <laughs> is, is is everybody's favorite prospect. And Phillips was just always really solid. And Davis Gaither is going to be super interesting to see where he goes and how Um, you know how he starts out his career because tons of potential there Um, but I get to introduce uh, our next topic since we're done with off-ball linebackers we wanted to do a little bit of an activity to get you prepared for the draft because by now many of you have done a bunch of mock drafts maybe dozens maybe hundreds of them Um, but (laughs) one of the things that is so challenging about being a GM in the NFL is you really only get one crack at it and so um only 10 minutes to make a decision in the first round. So today we are putting Maggie Loney on the clock as the Packers general manager and her head scout, Mr. Kyle Fellow. So I'm going to be keeping time. I'm going to be facilitating <laughs> uh, this this activity as we go. So we are about to go live to pick 30. Um, so with the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select tackle josh jones from the university of houston the green bay packers are now on the clock i just started a timer for those of you at home um so uh some analysis here some interesting options uh available for the Packers. we've got linebackers kenneth murray zach bond and patrick queen uh we got running backs deandre swift jonathan taylor uh, tackles ezra cleveland and austin jackson some cornerbacks are available jalen johnson aj terrell you got edge aj epinesa wide receiver jalen rager brandon ayuk t higgins lavisca Shenault, and then you got the defense linemen neville gallimore ross blacklock and Marlon Davidson. So we are going to pull back the curtain and go into the Green Bay Packers uh, virtual draft room. <laughs> We're
0: going to Brian Goodican's basement. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Maggie?
2: All right. Well, initially looking right at this board, I'm thinking that Ezra Cleveland and Austin Jackson might be a little rich for me. At 30, they're probably not on my big guys that I would feel as comfortable with, especially with, with Josh Jones going right at uh, 29. He maybe would have been the last tackle that I would have considered there. think I can cross off the running backs, just me personally. Not not my style as general manager to take a running back at pick 30. Um, but if you want to talk to mm-hmm. me about the linebackers, the corners, and the wide receivers, Let's hear it.
0: All right. So for me, the linebackers are intriguing. I don't know where we stand um, as an organization on how much we value the linebacker position. Uh, (laughs) I know we're kind of entering into a new regime here. So uh, for me, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray are players I would consider here. Zach Bond is a little bit of a lower tier and not someone I would jump at at 30. Um, I'm with you on the running back position. Don't feel the need to do that in round one. We're good at tackle. Same scenario. I feel like the the top guys, and I'm I'm willing to wait on a developmental prospect there. Um, for me, um, wide receiver is something we talked about throughout this whole off season. Um, Maggie, the great GM, and uh, <laughs> I, I that is something that intrigues me. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk, and I like Jalen Rager quite a bit. Um, I also think uh, Ross Blacklock is a value here as well. I think that's an appropriate value if you like. Um, that player. Um, so for me, the five players I would probably feel comfortable recommending to you as your scout would be <laughs> Murray, Queen, Rager, Ayuk, and Blacklock. That's probably where I would sit.
2: You don't want to talk about Aiden Vanessa I at think, all?
0: I think your phone's ringing. Oh. Oh. Should we Should we answer the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Let's answer the phone. Oh, uh, hello.
2: It? Is it me? All right, I got it. Hello.
1: Hey, uh, this is uh, Dave Gettleman with the New York Giants. I was flipping through my massive draft binder at home. <laughs> and uh, there's somebody I really like at pick 30. So uh, I'd like to offer you a trade of uh, pick 36. So you'd slide down six spots in the second round and then you'd get uh, our fourth rounder 110. So, uh, you know, you think about it, you guys talk about it, and you, you give me a call back on the old rotary phone.
2: <laughs> All right, Kyle. All right. I'm going gonna, gonna to debrief you on this offer that we just got from Dave Gettleman and his binder of tricks.
0: Okay, good. I can um, hear it. <laughs> go, go ahead. He's,
2: he's offering 36 and 110 uh, for, for right. pick 30, so we're really only sliding down six, Grab an extra fourth. I mean... You just rattled off five names, and I have them all rated very similarly on my big board. So if we're talking value, got to wonder what the Giants are doing, even if they take one of those guys, it's very likely that somebody on our big board will be there if we only slide back six spots.
0: Yeah, that's where I feel similarly, that I think like the value is there with those guys and that list that we came up with, so... I hear something else ringing. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: hey, hey! This is uh, Dave Caldwell down in Jacksonville, uh, and and I was I was thinking about trading up a, a few spots. Uh, we're we're at forty two in the second round, and we could offer you that pick along with our third rounder, pick seventy three, if you guys would give us thirty. And you know, just because that's kind of uneven, we we we'd take back ninety four from you, so you'd get to move up. Uh, 21 spots in the third round to slide down 12 right now. So I'll let you get back to me.
2: Kyle, I'm going to debrief you again because you couldn't hear my phone. Okay, Um, good deal. 30 and 94 to Jacksonville's uh, David Caldwell, who sounds eerily similar to Dave Gettleman, um, four picks 42 and 73. So we're... We're sliding quite a bit now, but that yeah. third round and up 21 spots is pretty nice.
0: That is nice. That puts you into a different like ballpark of player probably that's available there. Um, for me, I want one of the five that we've mentioned. I don't know that I feel comfortable getting into that next tier. I don't know that I know for sure that one of those guys is going to be there at 42. Um, I do like that extra pick, though, but uh, I like these guys that we're talking about.
2: Yeah, I think at this point, if you're cool with it, I would I'm feeling good about calling David Gettleman and accepting his trade, because I think that one of our guys will still be there at 36 and I would like an extra fourth to play with on day three. I'm going to answer the phone, though, one more time just to see what's up.
1: Hey there, uh, this is a Jason <laughs> Licht from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we got our tackle earlier in the first round, but we need to get a running back for Tom Brady right at pick 30. We want to get our guy. So we're going to offer you pick 45 in the second round and our third round pick 76. That is a heavily unbalanced trade in your favor. Let me know what you think.
2: All right, Kyle, we just got a sweet uh, deal from Jason Licht, who also sounds like Dave Gettleman and David Caldwell. Um, At least his name's not pick. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that just would have been weird. Um, 45 and 76, a very unbalanced trade because they would like a running back at 30.
0: Well, they're dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: let I'll let you call him back and tell him that.
0: All right. Uh, let's maintain that relationship with the Bucks, I guess. Um, so how much time we got left on the clock, GM Maggie? You have uh two minutes and forty five seconds. Alright.
1: Um one more phone call. Okay.
2: All right. Hello.
1: Yeah, this is uh Eric DaCosta in Baltimore. <laughs> Say hi to Milt Hendrickson for me. We're good buddies from our days in Baltimore. Uh, We are really desperate to move up and get Lamar Jackson another weapon here at 30. So uh, we're going to offer you both of our second round picks. That's pick 55 and pick 60 to move up to 30. So uh, you give us a call back if if you want to make a trade.
2: All right, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. 55 and 60 for pick 30 gives the Packers three second rounders, but you're sliding back 25 spots unless you use some of those second or maybe later day three picks to move up again in the second to kind of get into the maybe 40, 45 range.
0: Okay. I know we don't have a ton of time (laughs) left on our clock here. Maggie, so I'm going to give you my thoughts as fast as I can. I think I would be more apt to take 36 and 110 from Dave Gettleman to slide down just a few spots, or I would go all the way to say I would take 55 and 60 from Baltimore and then decide if I wanted to use our third round or a fourth round pick to come back up if we felt like we were running out of options um, I also like have a fallback of Michael Pittman Jr. that if we get down to it and we feel like that's a pick that we want to make in the second round, we feel like we're getting a still a still really good wide receiver. Um, but for me, I'd I'd go with the first option or that last call from DeCasta. Uh,
2: you're getting a promotion because those are the exact two options that I was going to go with as well. Yes, so one minute remaining. I, yeah, right. so I hear the uh, the big board. I don't know. In the virtual draft, the clock is ticking. So um, let me get David Gettleman on the phone and I will accept his trade for picks 36 and 110.
0: All right. Good deal. you
1: made a deal. <laughs> With the 30th pick, the New York Giants are going to select wide receiver Jalen Rager. Um, so. Interesting, right? Like a, a little bit of a, a, a venture. And, you know, I, I think that felt like kind of a long time, yeah, sort yeah. of. But imagine if there were less prospects that I gave you um, or guys you liked a little bit less than that or, um, yeah. you know, well, significantly more
0: appealing trade options. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little chaotic, you know, because you feel like you have so many options I felt like as the calls are coming in, you know that all NFL teams are getting, you know, you know, multiple calls potentially on each pick. And like you feel like you're still trying to process what's being offered to you, making sure the value is there and you're getting other offers and those kinds of things. So I think it is a good peek into um, what you have to do in your preparations ahead of time so that you're confident in your ability to make those calls kind of in high pressure, um, you know, not a lot of time kind of situation. So, um, yeah, I felt good about where we ended up, though. Yeah, and if you're Dave yeah. Gettleman, you have to flip through this massive binder to try to find
1: the draft <laughs> prospects that you like. It might take you a little bit longer.
0: You know, though, Andrew, that Jalen Rager is the least likely New York Giants pick. That was the only unrealistic piece of that whole thing. Dave Gettleman loves elite athletes. Well, yeah, but he likes elite athletes that are massive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway. Well, um, we're wrapping this up, guys. We're a week week to go. We're going to be coming up on the NFL Draft for real. Uh, this time next week, Brian Gutekunst will likely have made his selection in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft, unless, of course, he trades that pick, as we have just modeled for you here. Uh, but the draft is right around the corner, so let's go ahead and close out today's show uh, by leaving the listeners with something kind of light. Uh, the months leading up to the draft— are a long, long process. And I think they felt even longer considering what's kind of going on in our world right now. Uh, but when next Thursday gets here, I'm curious, what are you guys most looking forward to on draft weekend? I'm just really, really disappointed in both of you for trading
1: down because now, like, what are we <laughs> going to talk about next Thursday? <laughs> what everybody else did in the draft I guess I don't know it, it, it's a very realistic possibility and and honestly like that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to is doing the show with the two of you um I love the feeling of the first round of the draft I like um you know last year Kyle and I had a ton of fun uh, kind of writing the script as the draft was on un- unveiling uh, and then also Rewriting the script several times because of the Packers kept doing things that we weren't expecting. And um, it, it was just a blast. All the Twitter interaction that I had with people last year was so much fun. So that's it. I, I love I love talking draft. Um, you know, I I look at draft prospects because it's fun, not because I ever thought that I would get anything out of it. And I, I just like sharing my opinions with people and um, you know, then whoever it is, whether I like them or I don't, as a draft prospect, I will love them the second they get picked by the, the Green Bay Packers. So um I've liked the draft since I was like seven years old, and that's <laughs> a lot longer ago than I care to admit. Um, but uh I always get just crazy excited this time of year. So reach out if you uh, want to interact at all. How about you, Maggie?
2: Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'm i with you. It, I'm just so excited to find out kind of how Brian Gutekunst is going to attack this roster. I mean, we have kind of what we think are the perceived holes for this team. So to go into next week and then knowing that we'll know how he's addressing those uh, roster holes... Um, the draft is going to tell us a lot about the shape of the team heading into the 2021 offseason, too, um, with all those big name pending free agents, Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Kevin King. You know, I thought that this 2019 roster was super close. So hopefully this 2020 draft will kind of be what the Packers need to get over the hump to make a a real Super Bowl push um, but I guess overall I think I'm just looking forward to getting some new players to look at. I can't wait to do a deep dive into how these players will fit in Green Bay, how the offensive picks will work in Matt LaFleur's offense, how Mike Petton will get to utilize these new players on defense. The draft is without a doubt one of my favorite times of the year. So it's very exciting for it all to be culminating next week and for us to have the show where we get to do it the, the day one wrap-up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to next week's show as well. I'm really excited to learn. More about the identity of the Green Bay Packers, as you guys have alluded to. We're entering the second offseason with Matt LaFleur as the head coach. He spent a year with the roster and likely has some pretty good ideas for where he'd like some upgrades and tweaks with personnel. And we're entering year three with Brian Gutekunst. And I think he has those strong preferences for players with elite athleticism, specifically those RAS scores. At least this is what we think to this point. And we think that he prefers really young players, especially early in the draft. But we've only got a little bit of data. Um, he's only two years in. That's not a lot of information to go on. And so the Packers have 10 picks entering this year's draft. So, of course, it's going to be really exciting to see the selections and learn who the new Green Bay Packers are going to be. But it's also going to be equally exciting to get 10 more data points on Goody's preferences at age, measurements, positional value, athletic testing, and so, so many more things that we can overanalyze. Draft weekend is going to be really, really fun. Uh, But I think the year will be extra fun uh, this time around as we learn about uh, team building philosophy and the overall direction of the organization going forward. That's it. That that that's our show for today,
1: um, and it it's kind of crazy to think that the next time we talk, we'll know who the first thirty-two players drafted in um, in the NFL are. Um, after last year, the the build-up to the draft seemed like it was like a year, uh, and this year I feel like it's just totally flown by. But um, this has been the Pack a Day podcast. We're we're just happy that you know we can be a distraction for for anybody going through some hard times. Um, If you want to interact with us on Twitter, I know we all really like that. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. Um, Maggie is at Maggie J. Loney. Um, Also Cheesehead TV. You can check out her work there and you can check out Pax, what she said. Um, You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packet A Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Uh, And you can catch Kyle and uh, Kyle, Maggie and myself every Friday. Uh, We'll be back next week and we're going to be Talking about the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, we'll be staying up late, and that podcast will get sent out uh, as soon as we're done and and can upload it. So, uh, thanks for listening, and as always, remember.